When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Suns Rugby Six Nations 2016 podcast with myself, Roger Hanna, and our rugby correspondent, Andy Devlin. Now, Andy, you can't ask for a better start to a Six Nations campaign than the Kolkata Cup. Scotland versus England, Murrayfield, Saturday tea time. It's all set up for Vern Cotters men, surely. <laughs> You'd like to think so, Roger. Yeah, I mean, the game was sold out months ago, can end of September. In fact, both games, France game as well, there are only two games at home this year. So the, both games are sold out, and it's obviously on the back of what was, by and large, a very successful World Cup campaign. You were through at Murrayfield yesterday. You spoke to Scotland captain Greg Laidlaw now. He confessed he had put himself through the pain of watching that World Cup quarter final, watching Craig Hubert's horrible decision at the end. Surely, though, Scotland can use that as positive motivation. They did so well, unexpectedly well almost, at the World Cup. They should have been semi-finalists. They should have gone further than any other of the Northern Hemisphere teams. It's all set up, as we say, for Scottish success. You'd like to think so. The, pro- the problem here is that there has been so many false dawns. Bear in mind that the, the World Cup, as we've said, was, a, was by and large a successful campaign. But that followed what was a Six Nations whitewash. It was, you know, it was the first fourth time in, uh, since... Five Nations became six that we ended up with a wooden spoon. And that followed the autumn test series, which you know, we almost beat New Zealand for the first time, dismantled Argentina uh, and played very well against Tonga, albeit at Rugby Park. So there have been you know, these kind of false dawns in the past and there has been promise. What you have as a collection, a group of very young, talented players who have had the experience now of a couple of campaigns, albeit in the Six Nations as well as the World Cup, the potential is undoubtedly there. You just hope now that they have gained that wee bit more experience. And you're right, Greg Laidlaw touched on it. He went back and he watched the game, the quarterfinal, for the first time. He felt it was something he had to do. Now, while everybody can point to Craig Zubin and, and, and that decision, there are no doubt that Scotland made mistakes in that game. And, and the line-out towards the end of that, where, where, where they threw to the tail of the line-out, proved a downfall, in my opinion. It was, it was a costly mistake. You know, the big calls, the big decisions and the big games that Scotland have been guilty in the past. I think back to the Italy game last year, Roger, when, when we conceded a penalty try right at the end. I think there, there's, a, there's a, an understanding now of game management which has perhaps been lacking in the Scotland side of late. We'll cut to the chase here, Andy. There's no, there's no bells and whistles or banjo music in our podcast. We just go right straight in for the, the big issues. The big issue for Scotland is surely a lack of strength and depth because there were so many replacements on the field towards the end of that Australia game. There was mistakes in the line out, as you say. Is it a case of if Ferncotter can get his best 15 out there, fantastic, there's not too much beneath though if there are injuries or suspensions. Yeah, definitely. So you you look just now with a problem arising in the centres just now with obviously Matt Bennett, touch and go, Alec Dunbar, who I think on his day is arguably Scotland's best back. He's obviously had some long-standing injury issues. So there are some issues there, no doubt about it. Key again will be will be the forwards. 
I think you've got a great front row, tried and tested certainly through the World Cup. Nail has made a tr- tremendous impact in the scrum, and Alistair Dickinson just has come to prominence in, in, in the last few years. You know, Ross Ford, you know, holding, holding in, in, in 100 caps for his country. These three guys undoubtedly will, will be pivotal because England are going to come up here. I mean, Eddie, Eddie Jones has stated his game plan right from the off. You know that he's going to come up with a, a powerful pack, a huge pack, try and rough Scotland up front, and then float the ball wide. I'm glad you mentioned Willem Neil because we talk a lot about the young Scottish players coming through and the experience they've gained under Cotter of previous Six Nations of the World Cup campaign, but the addition of Neil in the front row and John Hardy in the back row. It's been huge for Scotland. Yeah, and I mean, there was obviously a great deal of controversy when John came in. You know, parachuted into that training camp in France just prior to the World Cup. But I mean, he answered all his critics with with an amazing World Cup. And I think he, for me, could be the key of all the kind of forwards at the weekend. I mean, I think he's an absolute stick on to to, to start. Vern Cotter will confirm his team on Thursday. You know, England don't have a recognised number seven. It's something Scotland haven't had for a number of years. But yeah, we've got somebody in John Hardy who's a recognised number seven, so efficient at the breakdown, and you know he can get there, clear the ball, and you know allows you know Blair Cowan to come in, follow up behind him. You know, I I, I think there, there there is a balance there. But you're right, you, you're absolutely spot on. If Scotland pick up a couple of injuries, then there will be real cause for concern, certainly amongst the forwards. Hardy's a bit of a throwback for me because he's not as physically. You know, huge as some of the modern day mm. loose forwards, but, but yet it was fantastic at the World Cup, and you could also see the way he's developing with Edinburgh with his performances mm. and those 1872 Cup wins over Glasgow and his Pro 12 form. He's just a specialist in that area, and I, I, Scotland haven't had a, you know, as we said, a specialist number seven. He knows the game, you know, he's, he's you know, Super 12, uh, you know, in New Zealand. He's also very quick. He's quick around that breakdown area, and that and in Scotland, that's an area where Scotland. You know, have been found wanting in recent years, and also they've been heavily penalised at that area. They have been heavily hammered by the referees. The penalty count in the last two, I think, back to the last two Six Nations, I think Scotland are the most penalised side in the last two Six Nations, and it has cost us because you know, it's allowed teams, it's allowed rival, you know, opposition to keep the scoreboard ticking over. You know, penalty after penalty, they then nick a try, and suddenly Scotland are out of the game. People say this Six Nations, it's as wide open as it's been for years, Andy. If Scotland are to do anything. Do they need to win on Saturday? Because three of our last four <laughs> games are away yeah. from Murrayfield, the way the fixtures are yeah. set out this time. De- definitely. I mean, the, 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 this, this game, you know, it's not just... Everybody talks about the rivalry. Of course, that's huge, and it's a Calcutta Cup, something Scotland haven't won. Uh, I think 2008 was, was the last time Scotland won the Calcutta Cup. So there are so much riding on the outcome of this one. But, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. The momentum, then, would be with Scotland. If you don't win it, as you say... The, the mood from going from championship contenders, which is what everybody has been talking about post-World Cup, there's a real belief now that, that Scotland can make an impact. If you don't, if you come up short against England and lose again, then you know, you're, you're, you're immediately thinking about Wooden Spoon and how to avoid it. What about the English? They, they seem to put a lot of faith in Eddie Jones, a new coach who's taken over from Stuart Lancaster post-World Cup. He has talked a good game, just as he did with Japan in the World Cup, but... You know, looking back, Japan had a fantastic, a historic result against South mm-hmm. Africa. But when he started to talk the talk against Vern mm-hmm. Cotter, Cotter got the better of him, and quite easily. Yeah, I mean, uh, Japan will point to the kind of uh, four-day turnaround that they had before facing Scotland, which was obviously, you know, it's a hugely physical sport now. So, yeah, you can look at that. But 
I was actually quite embarrassed already last week. We were down in London for the RBS Six Nations launch in, uh, at the Hurlingham Club. And, you know, it's OK, it's mind games. And to be fair, Vern Cotter, he's too, too long in the tooth and far too experienced to get drawn into that. There are absolutely... You can talk to his blue in the face. England are, are still favourites. Scotland haven't won this since 2008. If you think back to two years ago, Scotland were absolutely humiliated at Murrayfield. 20 points to nil. Greg Laidlaw spoke about it yesterday, Roger. It was probably his worst performance in a Scotland jersey, but you could count, you know, the 23 man, they were all involved in that. Scotland were absolutely appalling in that game. It was humiliating. Scott Johnson then came out afterwards, I always remember that, tried to kind of make a joke, make light of it and laugh it off. And if you think back, that, that that's when a lot of the English writers were saying, well, hold on a minute here. Let's look at the, the setup of the Six Nations. Should there be relegation? You know, a lot of these teams are saying, what, what, what does Scotland actually bring to the tournament? It was an endear, if you like. It really was, for me, the kind of Scotland had, had found themselves, they had plumbed the depths at that point. And, you know, something had to change. Vern Cotter's come in. And I think the major difference for me is, I think these young players, the likes of Laidlaw, the likes of Finn Russell, the likes of Stuart Hogg, they're actually beginning to believe in their own ability. They have shown themselves against a, a fantastic Australia side who, let's face it, dismantled England in the World Cup at home. England were then, to me, it was a confused loss against the Welsh. But, you know, Scotland then go out, OK, where, where Scotland have to tighten up is, is, you know, certainly defensively because they shipped five tries in that quarter-final to Australia. England have the potential to score tries. You know, Jonathan Joseph, there's a, a clamour for Elliot Daly just now amongst some of the English media. Jonathan Joseph will, will, will play purely because... You know, of the crisis Scotland perhaps have in the centres, so there is undoubted danger there. And if Scotland can tighten that up, I don't think I don't think there's an issue with the forwards. I really think Scotland will win that battle. If England want to come up, Richie Gray spoke about it as well, and fight fire with fire. I think that will play in Scotland's hands. I think they'll enjoy that. It's not going to be pretty on Saturday night. It's conditions could dictate it. It's the first game. You see how the pitch holds up. But I genuinely think if England want to come up and try and rough it up, take Scotland on up front, Scotland will be up for that. Keep bang up to date following Sun Sport on Twitter. In English writers you refer to, they seem convinced it's going to be Ford with Farrell and Joseph mm. outside. Their big talking point, though, since Eddie Jones' arrival has been the appointment of Dylan Hartley as mm. captain. Now, my own opinion is what they had before, the access of Lancaster and Robshaw wasn't working. They had to try something new. Jones, whether it's Robshaw as a player, I think wanted his own man, his own captain on the field. Hartley, for me, was the obvious choice. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it represents a huge gamble. I mean, he's, 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 you know, a lot of the big names, a lot of the big guns have gone. He's restructured the entire coaching staff at the RFU. But his biggest gamble, undoubtedly, is bringing in or naming Dylan Hartley as his captain. I read a stat last week. He's been banned for 53 weeks of his, of his professional career. Mm-hmm. Now, he's missed out on a Lions tour to Australia in 2013 after his conduct in the Aviva Premiership final. I think he could be one, you know, I, I read comments from Mike Brown, who's is another one of these players that's got quite a lot to say for himself on occasion. I think Scotland will probably target these guys, and I don't think there's any doubt about it, Roger. I think they'll go out and deliberately try and noise him up and just see what his mental state is. It's going to be a hostile atmosphere. You know, Scotland are desperate, desperate to get a win and try and back up this potential that they have, undoubtedly. So I think they will go out and try and target Dylan Hartley. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, Andy, you're, uh, you've got plenty of experience <coughs> of these Six Nations campaigns. You've been down under in British Lions Tour. You're the Scottish Sun's number one rugby writer. We don't bring anyone else in to assist you for these Six Nations. You're our man on the ground. 
Give us your predictions for this first weekend, starting with the first game, France against Italy in the Stade de France. Well, Easy home win? I would, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. France are another team that with a lot to prove after their World Cup. But yeah, I think they'll be too far too strong, certainly, at home for... They're under, obviously, new coach as well. It's Jack Brunel's last campaign for Italy. Yeah, I think... I, I fancy France strongly in that one. The last couple of years, the French always seem to say if they lose a game, oh, it's a, it's a transitional period. Is this the year they'll stand up and be counted again? I, I think what they've got, they've got a coach that won't. I mean, Philip Santandre for me was, you know, a fantastic player in his day. There's no doubt about it. Whether he had the full respect of, of, of his of his players, I always questioned that. I think what they have now is a focus because there is, there is no way they can they can allow themselves to come into a Six Nations campaign uh, having performed so poorly during the World Cup. So yeah, I think I think they could have a, a say this year. Keep bang up to date, like Sunsport on Facebook. We'll skip the Scotland game just now. Ireland against Wales at the Aviva Sunday afternoon. For me, that, that's maybe even more intriguing than the Calcutta Cup game because Ireland reigning champions, are they slightly on the slide and are Wales going to sort of meet them in the middle, if you like? You look at the players that you know Ireland have lost since the last Six Nations and obviously since the World Cup, you think? Predominantly of of, of Adriscoe and, and, and Paul O'Connell. Look, Fitzgerald is obviously out. He he was knee, uh, you know a knee injury uh, and was confirmed that he will miss the entire campaign. I really like him, but yeah, Ireland, Ireland still have certainly a lot of potency amongst the backs. There's no doubt about that. It will depend how the forwards stack up again. Wales, I, I think if you look at the Wales, they, they, they probably for me have the strongest squad, strength and depth of of of, of everybody. Uh, I don't think there's any question that. As you mentioned, Ireland. Yeah, they've won it the last two years, not just last year, they're, you know, t- uh, two su- yeah. uh, successive years that they're, they're champions. This, you're right, I think this could be, this will give us an indication as to the outcome of, of where the championship could go at the end of the, the campaign. Could it come down to a battle of the tens, Sexton against Bigger? Oh, definitely, oh definitely, there's no doubt about it. Sexton, for me, on his game, you know, is up there with the, with the best in the world. Digger, uh, Bigger, sorry, in that World Cup was just, a, certainly in that England game, nerves of steel, a man proven for the big occasion. So yeah, definitely, that, that, that'll be pivotal, that, that battle. And I'll need to nail you down for Murrayfield. You know, Vern Cotter says there's a will there for Scotland. You know yourself, Andy, where, where there's a will, there's a way. Can Scotland somehow spoil a party for Eddie Jones and Dylan Hartley? I, I don't think there's any question they can. It's, it'll be about belief, it'll be about getting off to a good start and the building and the momentum that'll be there, undoubtedly, with 67,500 fans inside Murrayfield. But cutting out silly mistakes during games and it's concentration. Concentration will be the key for Scotland. They sh- they've certainly showed against Australia in the quarter-final that they can compete and take on the best, but it has to be for 80 minutes. They, can- they can't afford to switch off. And if Scotland got off to a good start, get their noses in front, then I think that's where you'd have issues with the likes of Dylan Hartley, trying to chase the game perhaps. You know, that they could get themselves a bit ruffled and then Scotland could certainly take advantage because we have the backs just now who, you know, that was a problem, Roger, in years gone by. Scotland couldn't score tries. That's no longer an issue. And please, no more hard luck stories. We saw someone rob us at the end of the World Cup campaign. Surely this one has to come down to, to the 15 men. It has, and it's, it's the players that have to deliver. I think they're aware of that. They're not looking for excuses. That point has been made clear in the build-up to this. No more excuses. It's time to deliver. And over to Vernon East Stars. Andy, thanks very much indeed. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. 
Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.